Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. I have an amazing guest here today. Her name is Victoria Griggs. And actually, she is not only an amazing veteran spouse, but she's also our community manager. What's going on, Victoria? How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Glad to be here. We're all glad to have you. And thank you so much for all the help that you uh, you help us with in Active Duty Passive Income on the Facebook group and within our Start the Spark community. We really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad to um, have a have a group myself and, and be able to bring something to the group. So. Well, you definitely bring a lot. And for those of you who do not know Victoria yet, make sure that you uh, hit up our Facebook group or Start the Spark group and reach out to her because she has a wealth of knowledge. And I'm excited to bring her on the podcast because she has an amazing topic to share with us. But uh, but first, Victoria, do you mind giving us a little background on, on yourself? Um, yeah. So my I, I'm an investor. I've been investing for about two years. And we currently have five doors in St. Louis, Missouri. I um, started, I think that my my interest in real estate started a while ago, actually, probably about eight years ago. Um, we moved a ton and everywhere we would go, I would kind of find these places and, and be like, Hey husband, we should, we should buy this. And, um, for a really long time, uh, we just thought that the risk was too much because of how much we moved. And finally, once my two kids got into school, I decided that it really was something I wanted to do. So I spent about six months just getting educated and then the next year and a half implementing my plan. And um, now here we are. (laughs) And here we are. Well, there you go, man. And so you said you had five doors now? Mm -hmm. We have a duplex and three single family homes. And um, they're all rented right now. Outstanding. There you go. And so picking them up as you guys have been moving along, and this is honestly the tried and true strategy that we love to teach um, to our our listeners because, you know, it's important, right? As you're moving from place to place, just go pick up a property, right? And now you guys have been able to build a solid base of passive income. Mm -hmm. Yep. So far, we've replaced almost a quarter of my husband's income. So, um, you know, for us, that that's the strategy is to just slowly replace his income so that when he is able to retire, he's about five years left in active duty. When he's able to retire, we hope he's able to just come work with flesh for me <laughs> in investing and we can just enjoy our kids and our time together and there you go. go from here. That is awesome. That's outstanding. And I'm sorry, what does your husband do again? So he actually, so he spent his first 14 years as in army aviation as an Apache pilot and just 
about a month ago. He transitioned functional areas and now he is an army strategist. Outstanding. All right. Well, that's, that is awesome. And I'm sure he's doing amazing work out there. And thank you for, you know, your support. I think that the, um, the spouse role is probably one of the most important roles because you guys hold down house and home, you know, <laughs> if, if that it, is you know, right. Yeah. It, it's, it's been a rough go. And I think that, um, you know, our, our experience is a little different. I know a lot of people go post to post and they pick up a house wherever they go. Mm-hmm. We have the unique experience of we've moved almost every year. So our average in, in residence at any post is 18 months. Um, our longest is two years, three months. So instead of picking up a, a house at every post, we chose a city where we created a group, um, we created just like a good team of people to work with, wholesalers, realtors, um, property management. And so basically we're going to try and just stick in that one city, but grow despite all of our many moves. Cause we do, we tend to move a lot. Right. No, I, I can imagine that, but that's awesome though, to have that, that foresight to build a team. Mm-hmm. Right. In that location, because again, a lot of people think that this is something that they have to do alone or mm-hmm. they think that, you know, it's, it's too hard to, to try and uh, work with other people, trust issues, all that. But so how, how do you get over that, that hurdle of just uh, going out and finding that team? Ooh, um, lots of phone calls, lots of zoom calls. I zoom interview a lot of people. I, I did go. So all of our properties are in St. Louis there's not a base there. We've never lived there. So, um, it was just, uh, I looked at some demographics and chose that city. We happened to have some connections in that city, just friends that lived there, but none of them were in real estate per se. So, um, we did do a couple of insight visits and especially when I was getting that first property, I spent a lot of time going and um, driving the city, I would take, I probably took two or three weekends to just go and do that. But once we got comfortable with that, it's now it's not a problem. I could look at something on Realtor, you know, our second set of houses that I got from a wholesaler, sight unseen, you know, like he sent me some pictures, but I had never driven by them because I was comfortable enough, but it does take a lot of consistent communication. So calling people and just talking to them and getting to know their personalities and that, you know, it may seem a little tedious, but it's worth it because one, you get to know some really cool people and two, you're building that trust. So, you know, um, when, when they're maybe telling you the truth or when you need to find something else. And, um, that's really important. So. That's a really good point there. And, you know, you brought up consistency and that's, um, that's something that I think people take for granted. Um, the more consistent you are with something, the better you will be able to tell those certain tell signs, right? Whether it's a good deal, whether it's a bad deal, whether the people you're working with aren't necessarily as knowledgeable, um, Mm -hmm. building that team is, it's good. And and I'm sorry, I guess I I missed it, but you guys are focusing in one area, which is great. That's awesome. That is actually even better because, right, you have that consistency where you can look at a deal now and boom, you can tell within the first five minutes, the back of the napkin math, whether it's a good deal or not. 
That's yeah. Awesome. And, uh, you know, for some people, I'm, active duty is crazy. And there's, there's some people that'll get an assignment for four years, and then you get that awesome opportunity to really get to know the area. But, you know, we've had an assignment that's 11 months. I, I don't know that I personally could feel really, really centered to do a deal in 11 months in a place while also trying to live life. So, you know, we just sort of tweaked it to work for us. But the beauty of real estate is that you can make it work for you. Right. Absolutely. Now, can we switch gears a little bit? So I know you mentioned um, talking about building your team. I want to go into some of the specific members, the key members that you have um, when, when you're building your team. I know you mentioned them a little bit briefly, but can you talk about some of those key essential players that help your yeah. team out? For sure. So um, great property management. And I would actually highly recommend working with a couple different property managers. I like to keep in touch with a few. And so I will um, reach out and, and probably talk to them at least once a month, even if they don't have one of my houses, because I like to see um, what's going on and what they have new and what they're experiencing and how they're growing. Because you can tell if a property manager is like, oh, we're so excited. We just signed on to Appfolio. Then you know that they're growing and they're developing really great systems. Whereas if a property manager is like, we have Appfolio, but we, we don't know how to use them. We don't like it. Well, that maybe gives you an indication of what kind of systems they have in place and how they're dealing with um, creating repeatable systems. It's really important that yeah. when your property managers deal with your tenants that they're being consistent and fair mm -hmm. and um, that they are setting expectations appropriately. So Amen. keeping in touch with different ones, I probably talked to four or five. We use two different property managers for our, our properties because they're in separate areas of the city. So I use property managers that specialize in and generally I try to use property managers that live in the part of the city where that property is. It gives them a little bit of an extra edge on knowing the neighborhoods, knowing the concerns, and being able to um, just communicate effectively with and deal with problems. If, you know, heaven forbid, a, a window gets broken or there's a little leak under the toilet or something, they can deal with it quickly and appropriately. So, right. um, property management is really great, but again, consistency and reaching out and creating those relationships. Absolutely. Uh, I also deal a lot with wholesalers and I've, and other investors. I've found that to be really, really important and helpful. There are other investors in the area that I talk to regularly that I've never done business with, but I know that they are active. And I know that they sort of approach investing the same way I do just from seeing their maybe post on Facebook or having a conversation with them. So I touch base with them and I say, Hey, what are you seeing in this area? I'm looking at this. What do you think about it? Because most other investors I've found are super friendly and they, they know that there's, there's plenty to go around. y'all. <laughs> there are so many opportunities out there. There's no way that you could, take every single one of them. So most investors are more than happy to help you and talk to you and give you information if you just are friendly. 
and keep in touch. Right. Right. That's that's awesome. That is awesome. And it's so true too, you know, just networking with people, right? I mean, you're talking about a mutual, a mutually interesting topic. So, you know, both of you guys are going to be engaged in the conversation or your group. Um, I find there are a lot of masterminds popping up now, right? Where you get a group of investors that just talk, whether it's through Zoom or Skype or whatever the channel is. And yeah, people just talk, not necessarily doing business all the time, but yeah, but talking about what they're seeing, what they're doing. That's important. Yeah. And I love that about, you know, the Facebook group and, and I am more than happy to do that for other people too. You know, I, I, when I say like, Hey, if you want to throw the numbers at me and I'll check them for you or I'll, I'll give you my thoughts. Like all that is, is a win-win for everybody involved. You know, right. <laughs> I get to practice, you get another investor. And I know that all of you guys are the same way that you're more than happy to just like, Hey, let me, let me help out because why not? Because why not? Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, so property manager, I talk to other investors, wholesalers. Um, they're really good to sort of keep tabs with and talk to on the regular because you never can tell when you're when you're like, hey, I, I need a really great deal, and they can provide something. Um, I also keep in touch with a lot of home inspectors and um, contractors. So just when I find one that I like, even if we you know, haven't used them in a couple months, I'll check in and just say like, Hey, how's it going? What are you up to these days? Have you learned anything new? Are you getting into any new projects? Let me know what's up because, you know, I have a guy who started doing lawn care for me, um, about a year and a half ago. And then he went back and he got some construction experience. So now that since I've kept in touch, even though it's winter and it's snowing and I don't need lawn care, I know that this next spring, if I need woodworking done, he's able to do that. And I already have a relationship and I trust him in my homes and that kind of thing. So keep in touch with all those people. That's awesome. That's a good one too. Awesome. Anybody else? Uh, well, always your lender and always your insurance agent. Talk to my insurance agent. (laughs) You know what? That's actually a really good point too. And that's not something I think we've had, uh, we've discussed on here a lot. Um, you know, insurance is very, very important. And I think that some people take it for granted or they, or they kind of just, you know, glossed over as that like check in the box item. Right. But, um, but I remember you posting something really awesome on the Facebook group about insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Um, just sort of, there were some questions that had come up about using USAA versus other insurance and talking about umbrella policies and what they cover and so I just, I, I had to do my annual checkup anyway. So I went ahead and just asked a ton of questions and got some information and, and shared it with the group, um, for people to, to, to do, do with what they please. But I am a big proponent of insurance. I think that for a lot of people, um, insurance provides a really great feeling of security and safety. And it is the number one way as a, as a rental landlord that you can mitigate your risk. That is true. <laughs> That's yeah. absolutely true. And there are so many different types out there, right? I mean, you mentioned one of them, right? Umbrella insurance. Um, as yeah. a matter of fact, do you mind explaining to, to our listeners a little, what that is? Yeah. So umbrella insurance is, it's like an extra layer of liability on top of everything you already have. So you might have your auto and your homeowners and 
if you're renting, you'll have renter's insurance. If you own properties, you'll have landlord insurance. And um, all of that sort of goes tucked underneath the umbrella of umbrella insurance. So let's say that you get in a car accident and your insurance limit is $250,000 for car insurance. Your, your umbrella insurance will kick in after that. So um, it's just one more layer between you and possible risk. And they start at about a, they start at a million dollars. You can go up per million dollars from there. And you can pretty much tuck everything under it. We have our properties in an LLC, and you can tuck the LLC under there as well. Smart. And in that case, it also, in addition to protecting you on all of those regular things, it additionally protects you from li libel and slander um, if you're doing business. So, What are those exactly? Um, they're a little bit vague and tricky, but essentially yeah. – uh, Watch what you say, <laughs> and you say. and they will they will help protect you against that. It's a very deep topic, but uh, um, okay, okay. No essentially, it just adds a layer of protection when you're doing business. Okay, and that's and that's important, you know, because there are many pitfalls when it comes to business. I mean, we talk about it before, where someone trips and falls on your property, and now they will try and sue you. Right. And mm -hmm. that was the one of the important reasons why we mentioned have your property under an LLC. That's, uh, mm -hmm. that's very important. Yeah. The LLC gives you protection. And then the umbrella, you put your LLC under the umbrella, it gives you just even more. And so that, that is a, I don't know, for us, it was important because I didn't want to risk too much. This is part of our strategy for how we're going to retire. And the last thing you want is for that to disappear overnight because of an accident. That's a great point. That is a great point. I mean, so. you work so hard to protect your assets and, and to establish your, you know, empire, but you know, a, one small accident and someone sues you for millions and now it's all gone. Right. Yeah. So having that extra layer of protection is important. That's cool. So what, what other insurance is out there that other people can take advantage of? So a couple of other ones that are really important for anybody that's investing is going to be landlord insurance and flood insurance and mm. landlord insurance. There's essentially two kinds. They're short term. So if you're doing Airbnbs, even if it's in a home that you are living in, you likely need to get a short term insurance rider put on your regular homeowners. Um, and then if, if it's long-term, like if you're renting it out for a year and you're not living there, then you definitely need to get landlord insurance. There is a difference. And if your regular homeowner's insurance doesn't cover, it's void usually if you have rented your house out. So you do have to let your, your insurance agent know, hey, we're transitioning and this is now a rental property because it's a different type of insurance. Um, and okay. again, the last thing you want is to, to forget to check that and put a renter in there and then have a claim and have them be like, well, this policy doesn't count because it's for homeowners with you living in it, not you having renters. In you it. having renters in there. That's actually really important. And I'm not sure a lot of people 
thought about that um, because, because, I mean, these websites, right, VRBO, Airbnb, they have their own insurance policy, but that doesn't necessarily cover your house and all the things that's in it. It covers any damage done to externals, right? Yeah. Other people's property. Yeah. So So you definitely want to make sure. And I mean, it's a phone call and a couple questions. So just call your insurance agent and say, hey, if I want to do this, do I need anything special to make sure I'm covered? And, um, usually it'll either be a rider or a separate policy, but they're not exceptionally expensive. It's a, it's like a changing to a landlord in policy is usually about 20 to 25% more. So it's a little bit more, but you're also making money on your property. So, you know, there's trade-offs. Well, there's a cost to doing business, right? Yeah. And there's definitely a cost to to having a service provided, but at the same time, that service gives you the comfortability to help move forward and make more money. So that's yeah. true. And especially when you're looking at rentals, I know you guys push this, but, and, and everyone does, being a responsible investor means that you're factoring in insurance costs and, you know, CapEx or... Yeah, capital expenditures and vacancy, and you're, right. you factor those things in when you run the numbers on a property. Um, so don't forget to factor them in, and, and don't forget to follow up and get that special insurance policy. <laughs> That's so true. That is yeah. so true. Wow, that is good stuff. So so landlord insurance, umbrella insurance. Um, I mean, flood insurance. Flood insurance. Blood is blood yeah, is separate. Um, yeah. That is so. <laughs> I learned, I learned a lot of rough lessons about flood insurance. <laughs> I am from New Orleans and lived there during Hurricane Katrina. Oh, no. And flood insurance is so, so important. Even if you don't live in a place like New Orleans, where you're surrounded by water all the time anyway. Um, because most people who experience a flood actually don't live in a flood prone area, according to FEMA, but you can check. Yes. And it's crazy, but it's because there's a lot of like once in a hundred year storms. So Mm. people will live in a place that's never flooded before. And there'll be like this crazy flood and yikes. Um, the thing there, there's (laughs) flood insurance is really important. And, um, (laughs) your homeowners or your landlord insurance is not going to cover if the drainage canal four blocks away gets blocked up and the city doesn't clean it and it overflows and it gets into your basement. Your homeowners doesn't cover that. Your homeowners is only going to cover if an interior pipe bursts or backs up. So if the sewage pipe actually going into your house backs up, homeowners will likely cover that. Anything else, too much rain, a ditch breaking or overflowing somewhere, that's all flood. Wow. Um, but the way that you, you mitigate that risk is pretty simple, and it's not crazy expensive. Um, you go to floodsmart.gov, and that's the FEMA website where you can find out about insurance. You can find out what risk is in your area. And um, you can find out whether you're in a floodplain. And usually your, your landlord insurance is going to tell you if you're in a floodplain anyway. They're going to say, hey, you also have to have flood insurance. 
they just probably won't sell it because usually you either have to get it through the national program or there's very specific lenders and you kind of have to go look those up. But that floodsmart.gov is the place to start. And that's going to tell you about coverage and show you maps that'll help you assess your risk. Risk is the key there. The average flood insurance is $600 a year. I mean, it's not outrageously expensive, but they range all the way from 200 to like 1200 a year. So it's way worth it when you think about, can I cover, can I feel secure that in the event of a flood, I'm taken care of? And I mean, I, I tend to go towards the side of, yes, yes, that's worth it. Um, it gives me a lot of peace of mind. Absolutely. But definitely start at floodsmart.gov. Absolutely. And guys, that link will be in the show notes page. Make sure you go and check that out. Um, you know, looking at floodplains is also a great, a great idea too, because it can kind of show you now. I mean, again, you get those once a hundred year storms that Victoria mentioned, and that's something that'll, yeah, may happen to you, right? Or even the backed up drain. I can't tell you living in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, how many times you see that just random giant puddles around because the drains aren't cleaned properly or they're mm-hmm. flooded because they're just not drained properly. Yep. And after a long, long uh, rainstorm, it's a lot of flooding around in random places. Yeah. So. Um, and then also for any other type of insurance, I, the insurance information Institute is a really great place. Like if you're having questions and you just want to go to not an insurance agent's website to find out things. And it's just iii.org. Pretty simple and straightforward. They have a lot of videos and articles just on the basics of what this, what this is, why you need it or why you might want to consider it. And so that's a great place to start for education. If you don't want to go to someone who's necessarily selling you a product. That's actually really useful. That's really useful. I think a lot of people are afraid of insurance agents. They're just going to kind of sell and sell. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, that's legit. It, it happens. It's, it can be hard when you're only getting somebody's perspective who's trying to sell you something. So this is a non-partial place to get information. Right. All right, guys, that link will also be in the show notes page. That's interesting. Outstanding. Outstanding. So, uh, I mean, is there anything else we're missing? I mean, you know, you right now you are the guru of insurance. This is, this is awesome. And I, really so, having you. I would say, um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh-oh. No, no worries. For those of you guys who don't know, Victoria's super busy, man. She's always in the move. <laughs> well, so I, I would say, especially with, with um, there's a couple other things. I did talk to, so I talked to my insurance agent about it. I was like, what do I need to tell people that I haven't already told them? or that I'm not already planning on telling them. And um, a couple of key things that he brought up that I thought, that's great. He said, what I wish every investor knew, mm-hmm. when you um, when you have transition in your rental properties, if it's going to be vacant more than 60 days, you need to call your insurance agent and get a vacancy policy. It's going to cover a few different things than if you have someone in there. Um, because when a property is vacant, it has a higher chance of being vandalized and things like that. So you want to make sure that you let them know that um, 
that it's vacant if it's vacant more than 60 days. That's a pretty solid chunk of time, though. So usually that's when you're doing rehab. Um, they also need to know if, um, if you're allowing pets, if you're allowing trampolines, because usually trampolines are an exclusion. So um, little things like that that don't seem like they're that important. If you have a trampoline-related incident on your property, but your insurance policy excludes trampolines, you're out of luck. No way. Yeah. So you just, it's little things like that. So like for us, we're, in, we're no pets, no trampolines. And no sorry. Pets, no trampolines. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> I wouldn't even think about that. Now pets. Okay. I got it. Right. Like trampolines. Trampolines. They're, they're like the number one cause of accidents for kids. And you know, it is what it is, but if you're, Heaven forbid someone sue you for that. Uh, you want to be covered, and most policies exclude them. You see, this is one of those things that I really just don't get because, I mean, it's not like you bought a trampoline for the property and right. you're allowing the tenants to use the trampoline. They buy a trampoline on the property. Their kid has an accident, and now they're going to sue you? Wow. And of course, guys, you know, you know, this is not made up, right? We wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. If people haven't done it. These are crazy things. I mean, that being said, like <laughs> we rent and we have a trampoline for our kids. We own, we have our own trampoline insurance. Like, cause I'm that person, but I'm like, well, that's fine. I will get my own insurance for that. Oh my gosh. But, you know, so I'm not saying like trampolines are bad or anything. Just it is what it is. It's how the insurance agencies work and you need how to be aware work. of it so that. Well, you know. I think that that is super valuable in and of itself because I don't think that's something anyone would think about. I definitely have not thought about that. So that's, I guess, uh, awareness for me and, and um, in the future for my investing career, man. No trampolines. No, no pets, no trampolines. Stay like. away. Um, <laughs> and then other things, you know, it brought, he, it, just talking to him brought up this, the idea of like how to find a good agent and who you want to work with. Because, um, so we've used USAA before. There are, and my Facebook post was a little bit about some of the limitations with USAA has a pretty clear, like they don't do commercial accounts. They don't do business banking. There's a reason for that. Um, and, and that's fine, but beyond USA, you know, once you get into, we have an LLC and it's a separate business and that kind of thing, you need bigger coverages and different types of coverage. So how do you find that? Hmm. Um, there's a couple ways. There's brokers, captive agents, and semi-captive agents or independent agents. And um, so a captive agent is going to be someone who only sells one type of insurance. So they're going to work for um, Spitfire Insurance Company, and that's the only thing that they sell. So they're only going to sell you that product. There's semi-captive agents, um, which that's who we, we use as semi-captive agent, and they have a primary insurer that they work with. But if that insurer doesn't have a, pro a, a product that works specifically for what I need, then they are allowed to go outside and use any insurer they can find. So we have a lot of flexibility that if they don't have exactly what we want, he can go find me exactly what I want. 
and then there's brokers and they kind of, they, they are similar to an independent agent in that they can go find whatever you need. And I would highly recommend finding a semi-captive or broker or independent agent because they are going to really be able to personalize what you need for your specific situation. Um, because, you know, a what I need in St. Louis may be different than what you need in California. And I may have a ton of little properties and you may have one big property. And there's just a lot of things that go into it and what you feel comfortable with. So I would highly recommend finding an independent or semi-captive or broker agent versus a captive agent. Right. Okay. That's awesome. That, that's important to know um, because that, again, is one of those uncommon things that don't, people don't think about who they're talking to when they're talking to an agent. And, and that can probably help them out and help them steer the direction of the conversation if they know, okay, well, I'm talking to a broker that's only selling me one product and doesn't have access to anything else that I might be able to that might be able to help me. Or I'm talking to someone who has access to multiple things and maybe working in my best interest. So that's that's yeah. smart. Very smart. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. All right, Victoria. Well, that was, uh, that was impressive. I mean, there's a lot of stuff think, that you can really deep dive into this, guys. So make sure that when you're looking into insurance, right, you're smart about it and you know and understand what you're getting into, okay? Um, and Victoria is an amazing resource to have out there. So definitely make sure you link up with her um, on our Facebook group or Start the Spark. Right. Um, if you have any other questions about even just, you know, looking at a real estate market and building a team, you know, she's got a lot of knowledge in that too. And, um, and Victoria, we'll have you on the podcast again, because I think you have a wealth of knowledge and experience that you can share to a lot of people. Um, and we'll definitely, yeah, we'll definitely bring, bring you on again, but, but thanks again so much. You brought so much wisdom. I want to take you to our bonus round real quick and ask you, ask you some three, three final questions so people can kind of get to know you a little bit more, but, um, but can you tell us what your favorite book is? Oh, okay. Ab, uh, absolute favorite book. I, I love Robert Frost, but nice. that's probably not what you were going after. No, absolutely. So, a, a book of Robert Frost poems. I've had, I, yeah. I love it. Um, and I always find wisdom in his really honest and straightforward way of writing. Um, it's poetry, so <laughs> it is what it is. Um, good, good, favorite, good. I'm trying to think of, though, probably my favorite real estate-ish related book is Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. That was super transformational for me. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was good, too. Of course, the cash flow quadrant is really what made me, my wheels start spinning. <laughs> so I would definitely recommend that to everybody. Definitely a good book. And Robert Frost poetry is also really good. So uh, <laughs> I do remember <laughs> reading a few selections in, uh, in school that left some impressions with me, like the road less traveled, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Real indeed. estate. Indeed, for sure. So Awesome. Okay. Uh, can you tell us who your favorite hero is and why? Oh, hero. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that I have a hero per se. I will say that right now, um, I, I just really admire my dad and I've really had a lot, um, 
my dad passed away last year, but he had one of those crazy, inspirational, awesome, unbelievable lives where um, really I feel like they could make a movie about him. And I have, I have found a lot of meaning in reflecting on his life because it really shows me what's possible. Um, he came from very humble beginnings and had just an outrageous career that was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, so I take a lot of inspiration from him and I admire him and, and his ability to make things happen. That's awesome. That is really, really cool. I mean, that's, that sounds very inspiring. Just going to listen to you say that, share that. So, I mean, hopefully they do make a movie about him because I'm sure he's yeah, going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be great. Okay. And the final question, if you have three nuggets of wisdom to share for those who are just getting started, what would it be? Oh, okay. Learn everything you can. Um, never stop learning. Like if there's one thing that you can always rely on, it is that you can learn the next thing. You, mm. you can keep going after education and it will happen. Um, so just learn as much as you can. Um, oh goodness, this is hard. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Just keep moving forward. I know that's hard, but it's a, it's sort of a, I want to tell people to take action. You know, you don't want at the end of your life to think like, oh, I almost did, or I thought about this, or mm -hmm. maybe I could have done that try it. I mean, you're going to, you're going to fail sometimes. That's just part of it, but you're never going to know and you're never going to succeed unless you keep trying. So I really encourage everyone to like, keep learning, keep moving forward. So take action and, um, just be kind. I don't know. That's a pretty easy nugget, but especially when it comes to finances and business, uh, I think we have a, a tendency sometimes to get a little like by the numbers and by the book. And um, especially in housing, I, I would encourage everyone to remember that as a landlord, you are, are fostering someone's life. You know, they're living that life there. And make sure that you're doing it in a way that you can be proud of. Mm. Amen. That's good. That is really good. Those are three really good nuggets. Um, and then, I mean, even being kind as far as networking, you know, it can help, yeah. you, get, help you get a lot of places. Some people don't really like to do business with, uh, with people that aren't kind. Right. So. Indeed. Yep. <laughs> Outstanding. Victoria, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you being on this podcast. Um, so what's next for you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, what's what next for us? Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm looking at uh, moving into bigger multifamily. All right. So I actually have a, a, some scheduled time this week to go look at a 20 unit. So excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's local here to where we are. We're at Fort Knox. And so I'm gonna go look at that uh we're pcsing this summer so won't even have made two years here but that's all right it is it is the nature of our life there it is so we'll pcs we don't know where of course and um 
yeah, that's about it. All right. Onward and upward. And I just hope to keep getting to meet more people in the Facebook group and help more people as they start their journey. There you go. And she is doing that every single day, guys. She's absolutely amazing. So again, thank you so much for what you're doing. And again, if guys, you guys know you can contact Victoria out on Facebook, just kind of hit her up. She is there and she's very active. And uh, again, thank you for your time. Take care. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks again so much for listening. And Victoria, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Man, avoid trampolines like the plague, I guess, right? You don't want to get caught with the insurance. Or maybe a good idea is to have them pay for it, right? The tenant. Anyway, I hope you guys are doing great out there. Thank you so much for your support. Make sure you hit subscribe to this channel because we're bringing awesome folks onto the show all the time. Also, make sure that you get in touch with our community. Start the Spark. You can get there from from our webpage, www.activitypassiveincome.com. You join the forum, join the club, and figure out what's going on there. Or join our Facebook group because I see folks posting live videos almost every day. Loving the excitement that's going on. And uh, congrats to all you guys out there that are taking action. You guys are plowing ahead. 2019 is only as good as you make it. All right, so let's go out and kick it. Later. Later.